Welcome to the Answers from Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Lalone. In each episode, you'll hear from leaders across the world. You'll hear their struggles, their thoughts on leadership, and a parting word of wisdom from each guest. Are you ready to hear Answers from Leadership? I hope you are, because it's coming at you right now. Before I introduce you to David Abraham, I wanted to let you know that we had an issue recording this episode. The audio cut out and dropped a couple of times. However, the content was so good and David inspired me so much, I couldn't let this recording go to waste. I hope you'll still listen and become as inspired as I was. With that, let's dive into this episode of the Answers from Leadership podcast. Today we're going to be hearing from David Abraham. David believes that the kingdom belongs on the street and in the marketplace as much as it does in the church. He believes that miracles are an everyday occurrence that are in waiting. He has a heart to teach a generation how to hear the voice of God, how to be led by his spirit, how to be catalysts of revival and miracles wherever they work, shop, or do life. And most recently, David and his wife were listening to Charisma Magazine's 40th anniversary issue as being voices under 40 in Christian ministry. Including that list were also Daniel Coladena, Lecrae, Mandisa, Kim Walker-Smith, and others. David, what else would you have the listeners know about you? Oh, well, I guess uh, what, what I would definitely start off with is I'm a husband and a father of three. Uh, my children are six, four, and two. So I definitely have my hands full. And uh, I'm a vocational evangelist. And uh, I grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, so, you know, my whole life I've known church. I grew up in the church. My first word, I'm pretty sure, was church. Um, but growing up, you know, I, I, you know, having seen my dad's gone through and, you know, how that whole thing, you know, was, I did not want to uh, be involved in ministry. Actually, a little bit more about me is my grandfather is a pastor. My great-grandfather planted churches in North India and Pakistan. So, uh, you know, I've come down from a lineage of, of pastors, and I just did not want to do that <laughs> with my life. Here I am. I am an evangelist. Again, in my, my freshman year of college, um, I had a unique God moment in my life. It changed my life forever. And uh, ever since then, um, you know, it was one of those moments where you're at the altar and you're just sobbing. Don't expect that to happen. But ever since then, I've been hooked on Jesus. And I love I love him with all my heart. And my whole heart is to introduce a generation to know Jesus and not just church, church culture, but the actual uh, loving, amazing Jesus Christ. Who is the hope of the nation? And uh, that's pretty much about me. I love coffee. I love technology and uh, I love sports. And that's, yeah, that's who I am. How did you come to believe yourself as a leader? Um, you know, I, I'll say this, you know, again, being a pastor's kid, you're thrown into, you know, thrown by fire into uh, being involved in church ministry. So, you know, one day I'm cleaning up. Uh, the church afterwards, I'm doing breakdown. Another day, I'm doing uh, sound check. Another day, I'm uh, helping the worship team. And so, uh, you know, a lot of those times, I I didn't want to do it by myself. <laughs> I don't know if it's laziness or if I just uh, you know didn't like to be alone sweeping the church. So I'd rally up friends of mine and ask them to help me. You know, help me with the you know with the worship team, uh, with sound team, you know, everything. And uh, eventually, I was just kind of you know if there was a need, I'd pick it up and you know do what needed to be done. And so at some point, I just kind of um, you know, didn't shy away from that, just kind of led and, uh, you know, being, having been in campus ministry as a student leader and then later on as a campus staff member, uh, you know, you were given those tasks to lead. And so uh, ever since then, I just kind of, t- you know, run with it. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, my leadership experience. Cool. So it sounds like it came pretty naturally to you. 
I don't know if doing it well came naturally to me. That took some time, but being involved in leadership, yeah, I would say um, I was I guess thrusted upon. You know, I was kind of thrown into it um, again. Uh, and I did. I don't know if I've done it well uh, in those very beginning years. Even now, I kind of question it at times. Um, but yeah, I was thrown into the leadership role and kind of just run with it ever since. So you said that you didn't think you did it very well to begin with. How have you been able to improve your leadership? You know. I think one thing that I did and, you know, again, being a Christian and doing a ministry, uh, I, what I thought was successful ministry was, you know, TVN and what you saw on TV. And, you know, it just kind of skewed my mindset on it. Um, and so with that said, uh, you know, when you kind of model something that you, you're not, you're looking from afar, but you don't get to connect with people. Um, I think, it can skew the way you do things. And as a leader, I was one of these people that I was very strict on, Hey, I need, you know, if you're working on my team, I need you here by this time. And I just need some grace. I think that was, I was more of a robotic leader than a person that led from the heart. And so um, that was one of the things I think I definitely at some point realized, I think as, um, as I got into connections and contacts with leaders that led from the heart and seeing how they led and seeing how the people who they were leading were so um, connected with the vision or connected with what they were doing and engaged, I just saw that and I was like, man, I want, I want to be like that. And so I kind of had opportunities to uh, be mentored by some great leaders and uh, some people that you know most of us would probably never hear of, but just having been under that and seeing that and then obviously reading books on leadership, that's helped. Um, but I think just learning to lead from the heart, I think that was one of the biggest things I had to do. And um, and so, yeah, I think that really helped me improve on that. And then being willing to take criticism. You know, I think for years, I was so, such an insecure leader, to be honest with you. Um, well, you know, I thought this is the way it's got to be done. If I saw it this way in my head, that's what it looks like. And, you know, I would never take any feedback until... Um, I've had people who I consider mentors of mine give me open feedback and, you know, it was tough at first, but I realized, you know, what they're saying was absolutely right. And so I've learned to, um, first off, be secure in myself as a person and as a, uh, as a man and as a, um, as a leader. And then from that point, I became a secure leader, meaning that I didn't identify, or I didn't find my, um, identity in what I did, but in, who I was and who God says I was and so or who I who said I am, I should say. And so from that, I was at that point, I think I was willing to ask people that I led, hey, um, you know, can you give me some feedback? And sometimes it's hard, but I've grown from that because when I get feedback from those I lead, I realize I'm connecting with them on a level where they feel open to share feedback and they can they view things differently than I do. And that's a great thing, you know, because I don't have the whole figured out and I don't do everything perfectly. So, and you know, in leadership, we all face difficulties. Would you care to share a difficulty or two that you've encountered? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that I definitely, uh, one of the difficult difficulties, I should say, that I've encountered was um, trying to, how do I say this? 
you know, you have your, your group of leaders or people that you're, um, leading. Let's say, you know, I was involved in campus ministry for, for three, three and a half years. I was on staff. And so, um, this is probably a great example. Starting the semester off, we had our leaders and we had our students and they were really excited. You know, we're going to do this. We're going to do this and we're going to, uh, actively reach out to, uh, this frat and this dorm. And, you know, they, people were excited, but over the course of the semester, um, the engagement levels were, you know, starting to wind down. And that's just because, you know, the semester would go on, uh, you know, midterms and just life. And so to keep your leaders actively engaged over the long haul is something that I've definitely, um, I felt like it was a difficult thing to do. And I would say on a personal level, also as a leader, um, leading and doing what you're actively doing, you know, things that you're passionate about, uh, leading with an intensity. But then after you're done for the day and you go home to your family, um, leading with that same intensity and actively engaging with that same level of energy. And that's hard because you've gone this whole day. And then at, you know, they're kind of at the end of the day, you, you know, you made me feel tired, but I don't want to give my family the leftovers of who I am. I want them to have the best of who I am. So, um, uh, that's been something I'm still trying to figure out. Um, coffee has definitely helped me in that process. Um, but I'm hoping that I can get better and I've asked my wife and, you know, how, how I can, um, uh, better at that and she's amazing. And so she's helping me with that. And, you know, I'm just asking God for grace on that area too. I think one of your focal points is bringing faith um, is bringing faith into the marketplace. Absolutely. How do you think a leader can do that? You know, that's a great question, um, and I hope I don't get long to here. Just give me a sign. Um, I'm really passionate about this um, because before I went into vocational ministry, I mean, like on staff with the campus ministry. Now I'm an evangelist. I have my own ministry and I travel. Before I did any of that, I was a financial analyst. I used to work for Citigroup. And then I worked at a company called Hewitt Associates. Um, and I remember when I uh, walked into the company at Hewitt Associates, I, I, I don't know why I had this conversation with God. I said, Lord, I know one day you'll call me into ministry. I just feel like that calling in my life. I don't know when that is. I always thought I'd do that in my 40s or 50s i said but until then uh let this place be my ministry and i walked in i don't i don't think i really i said when i said that um and i didn't know anyone i was being trained and you know i was kind of like um you know they kind of i just felt like a lonely person there i didn't really know too many people and um i remember one day at lunch i you know i was we took my lunch into the car i brought lunch with me and i had my bible in the car i'm reading my bible and i just kind of felt something in my heart and i believe it was the holy spirit just felt like you know what um don't sit in your car and read the bible like go into the cafeteria and so i went into the cafeteria reading my bible and i wasn't trying to actively show everyone i'm reading my bible i just was studying for my own self and one of the ladies uh who was in my team you know, she she saw me she said hey david i said hey and she said uh what are you reading there and I said, I'm reading the Bible. And she said, well, what are you reading the Bible? I said, uh, Galatians and chapter one. And she said, well, what are you getting from that? And I just shared with her what, you know, what the Lord was showing me and what the scripture was saying. And she said, uh, wow, I, you know, it's so amazing you say it like that. I just got saved about a few months ago. When I read the Bible, it's like Greek. It's like another language to me. But you just said it so clearly. She said, can we do this tomorrow? I'm like, well, what is this? I said, she goes, can we uh, study the next chapter tomorrow? I said, sure. So the next day, me and uh, this lady, we had uh, my coworker, we had lunch, and we went over to Galatians chapter 2. And then the next day, she wanted to do it again, so she brought a coworker with her. And uh, we had three of us studying Galatians. And eventually, we started doing this weekly. And it got to a point where we couldn't meet in the cafeteria. 
we had to meet in uh, conference rooms because we had just too many people coming into this gathering. Again, I didn't plan this. You know, like I didn't plan to have a weekly Bible study, but we had a weekly Bible study in a corporate, uh, corporate USA, you know, corporate 500 company, growing company. And uh, eventually every week, every Wednesday, we had Bible study. We had people calling in from other companies um, over the um, speaker, uh, I guess the conference call, uh, joining in on this Bible study. And, I left that company, and for a year, um, I had to come back every Wednesday to lead that Bible study until someone could take my place. Um, I believe that you know, actively sharing your faith at your company starts with um, just having a relationship with the Lord on a daily basis in your private time. So you, you know, when you spend time in, in, you know in prayer and to spend time in His Word, I feel like your heart is actively engaging to what the Holy Spirit would be trying to tell you. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And I mean, it's not a suggestion. It's like a promise. And so uh, I believe that as you're actively keeping your line between you and the Lord open, he'll share it. He'll give you insight. He'll give you ideas. He'll place peace in your heart. Like when things hit the stand at work, there may be a, a crazy peace, like a, just a peace that doesn't make sense. And people may ask you, like, dude, why are you so positive? Like we're having layoffs. And I've had people ask me that. You know, and I just say, hey, you know what? I, I just know that Jesus uh, holds my future. I have nothing to worry about. He's taking care of me. I, I'll give you one other really quick story, and I'll, I'll end this question here. Um, I had a coworker named Cameron who was actually the guy training me. He was a very open, profess, uh, openly professing atheist who hated Christians and hated Jesus, and he let me know about it. And um, you know, he just made fun of my faith, and it was cool because you know. I, uh, it didn't bother me. And one day he came up to me. He said, "Hey, David." I said, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm, you know, typing away. He said, uh, "Do you have some Advil? I have a killer headache." And I said, "You know what? I have something." And um, I got up and I just put my hand on his shoulder and I, I just prayed for him. I said, "Jesus, you love Cameron so much. Let him know you are who you say you are." I just prayed in Jesus' name, uh, headache be gone. And that sounds crazy, but Jesus said, uh, "You know, the Bible talks about laying hands on the sick and they'll be healed." That's all. I just like, you know, what the Bible says it. I'm gonna do it. It's just, it's nuts. And I said, hey, Cameron, I got to get back into work. So uh, I'll talk to you later. And he stared at me for like five minutes. It was the most awkward thing. I said, uh, you know, I'm typing. Are you okay? He said, what did you just do to me? I said, I just prayed for you. And he said, I said, how's your headache? And he goes, it's completely gone. And I said, that's Jesus working on the outside. He wants to work on the inside too. I said, let's talk about this more later. Long story short, uh, a year later, I ran to Cameron. He, he left the company after a few months, but I ran to him, got to share more stories of faith and encourage him. But, uh, he, he said, Hey, he told my wife, he said, your husband is one of the biggest reasons I'm back in the church in a relationship with Christ. And to me, that just like blew me away. And so, um, long story short, as you, you know, as you're open, uh, conversation and relationship with the spirit, I think he'll give you opportunities where you got to step out. And it may be uncomfortable, but, uh, you know, you'll get opportunities to share your faith. And I've had people in that company ask me to, you know, pray for back injuries and, you know, neck injuries and ACL. People that weren't Christians, um, and they get healed, and they're like, what happened? And I get to share Jesus with them, and they get they give their life to the Lord. It's incredible. So, Those are some awesome stories. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm sorry, I'm so good. I hope I answered the question. Oh, no, you know, that's, that's awesome. You know, it shows that when we step up and begin to actually share our faith, things begin to happen. Absolutely. And, you know, it kind of leads Absolutely. me into the next question I was planning to ask is, do you believe we're doing a disservice to those we lead by staying silent about our faith? Yeah. You know, I really do believe that. I believe, um, I believe living with intentionality is such an important thing. And, um, 
you know, there's a there's a kind of a, a mindset in I guess what we call the church, like the modern day church, American church even, or Western church, I should say, where um, church is not. The church is an activity or a place that we go on Sundays or on Friday nights. And we go to church. We do our church service. We give our tithes and offerings. Um, we meet with our Christian friends and we leave and go on with life. Um, Jesus used the, he said to Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. The Greek word for church is ekklesia. The word means called out ones, meaning that if you have been called out from death to life, um, you know, and that's where all Christians are. People give their life to Jesus. You've been from, you go from death to life. Um, we we are the columns. We are the church. And so the mindset needs to shift from I am going to church to I am the church and I'm going to connect with my brothers and sisters. So wherever I go, the church is there, meaning that wherever I go, the kingdom of God is with me. And so when I go into a company or where I go to my work, people have a moment. There's a possibility that they may have a direct encounter with the kingdom of God through my life. And so I believe absolutely we're doing a disservice when we stay completely silent. But I would say in the other sense, um, live the life, you know, live walking with Jesus, love people, love with compassion, lead from the heart. And when people see that, like there's a difference because um, when you can add value into people's lives, you know, without any strings attached, without getting something for yourself, that's so anti what the world does, what we're seeing in modern, usually uh, it's, I'll do this for you if you do this for me. But if you say, I'll do this for you just because I care about you and I love you and, you know, I, I want to just add value to your life, man, that will really shake some people and be like, dude, why? You know, and they may question your intentions, but after a while, I think that opens such an amazing door. So I do believe that we are uh, doing a complete service because people are looking for Jesus. They may not know it, but he's the hope of the nations. And if, if you carry him, man, they, they could meet Jesus through your life. So, yeah, I absolutely do believe that. Yeah. You know, from this talk, I can tell that you're a very passionate person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and I love that about you. Thank um, you. Thank you. I appreciate that. What can a leader do to help ignite passion like you have in those he leads? You know, that's a great question. Um, I would say... I really believe in these three things as a leader. I believe you have to lead with vision. Uh, I believe you have to lead from the heart. And I believe you have to uh, let people fly. And so I'll explain that. Uh, lead with vision. I think if you can give people something worth going after, um, I believe that's a huge thing. You have so many companies nowadays. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Tom's Shoes. Uh, people love Tom's Shoes. Now, in my mind, they're not the best shoes. They're not probably the most comfortable. But people love them because when they buy a pair of Tom's, they're getting giving a pair of shoes to someone who doesn't have or can't afford shoes. And they are not just buying shoes, they're buying vision. They're buying into something that's bigger than them. And I believe people are always looking for an opportunity to uh, be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And if you as a leader can give vision, um, not just give need, not just lead with need, we need to do this, but we need, uh, we, we have to lead with vision. I believe and that, that excites people, that gives passion people, that gives people something worth going after. Uh, rally them around something bigger. Um, leading from the heart is another thing I really believe to be true and so important. Um, if you haven't bought into your, uh, that vision that you're leading into fully, it's hard to get people to follow you uh, and having them lead, you know, buy into something fully. So I believe uh, leading from the heart is also leading with uh, integrity, meaning, hey, I believe in this so much, uh, so much so, and I want you to be a part of it. And people see that. They, they, they see that passion. They see that model in your life. 
um, they see that modeled in your enthusiasm for what the vision is or whatever it is your goals are. Um, people want to be a part of that and they model that. So if you can model something, uh, it will be modeled as well. And uh, letting people fly, I believe empowering your leaders, empowering people uh, to do something. Like, and don't just say like, you know, I hate, I, personally, I hate micromanaging. Uh, I, I don't, I hope I don't micromanage myself. I try not to. Um, I've been at jobs where, I've, you know, um, as a financial analyst where I've been micromanaged and I've also been in jobs where I, I've just been empowered to to just run. And the ones that I've been empowered to run, I've seen so much growth. I enjoyed it so much more and I felt like I added value to the company. And so as I lead, I hope to do that to those who I lead. And I'll tell you, I mean, I, we had a large event called Now. Um, basically, we invite a, a campus like like a university to have an encounter with God. And we do it on secular campuses. And so one of the, the last one we did was at Penn, uh, University of Penn. And one of my uh, leaders, she was a young graduate. Um, we just kind of assigned different roles. I said, hey, can you run with marketing? And she said, absolutely. Now, I didn't give her instruction. I didn't say, I want you to do this, this, this. Um, if she asked those questions, I would have absolutely did it. You know, I would have given her some direction. But I just said, can you head up the marketing of this event? She said, absolutely. And I'm telling you, this girl, her name is Grace. She blew me away because the next meeting, she she got us on the um, largest Christian radio station, like having us uh, get ads off for the event for free the week of the event. And I don't know how she did it. She also got us on the website as a featured event, which it's so many hits. On top of that, she also got me to connect with the uh, radio manager, the largest hip hop station in Philadelphia, like secular station, which was insane. I mean, this girl did far more than I could do. And I think if you can let people run with the vision that's in your heart, I mean, they, you, they, there are people that are stronger in areas that you may not be as strong as. And if you let them run with it, um, you will get the best out of, um, they're, they're probably the best more than you could do. And to me, that's, I think that's how you ignite passion. You, know, you empower people and let them just go with it, you know, and see what happens. With empowering these people, did you have any hesitation that they might not do things the way you would want them to or that they would do things incorrectly? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely did. Um, and I, I've learned from that before, too, because that was something I've had a hard time is um, I, you know, I always thought, like, if it's not done my way, it's not done the right way. And I, I kind of had to learn away from that. I've read stuff. And, you know, uh, my wife is amazing. She, you know, she was like, hey, you know, just because it's not done your way doesn't mean it's not done a, a better way or it's not. It's, you know, is it still getting done? I said, yeah. OK, well. Just trust that people can do things their way and it may it may work out the same way or may work out better. And so um, it is always, how would I say, there, there's a sense of vulnerability when you are putting something so close to your heart and, and trusting it with someone else. You know, I mean, you could say the same about babysitting. I mean, when I trust someone with my kids, I am completely um, trusting that person and there's vulnerability, but I'm also, I'm placing trust in that person and believing that um, they're going to do things well. And so I, I it's there is that level of trust that you have to you know put yourself out. You're you as a leader are also stepping out of the boat and uh, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. But you know, you're hoping for the best and sometimes they they may not, you know, get the results you look for. They may mess up, but that's okay because that's a learning experience for you and for that person who you are leading. And you can always, I think out of every opportunity, there's always something to learn from. And if you can see that, um, if these things aren't put to waste and there's always a learning aspect. And I think, yeah, oh, pretty much that's it. Yeah. So there is that vulnerability. It's uncomfortable, but you know, there's times I'm telling you more times than not, it will come out great. 
Yeah, I think as a leader, we do have to put ourselves out there as vulnerable sometimes. Yeah. It's just a part of leadership. You know, we, we got to grow people and help them see that they're leaders as well. Absolutely. As we're raising up these other leaders, we're building a community. How do we build that sense of community in our organizations? You know, that's a that's a great question. I think, um, and I hopefully I can give you a good answer. Um, I believe when you can lead, really, uh, things I've talked about, not micromanaging, but uh, lead with some of the vision, lead from the heart, which I believe is so important. Um, I think people get a sense of belonging, you know, um, when you who are passionate about what you're doing and what you, what it is that you're leading, um, you can, you know, empower those who you're leading and um, lead from the heart. I, I think people get a sense that they are connecting with you. And when they connect with you, there's a friendship, there's a connection that's being made. And so they model that connection to others as well, you know? And so I believe that when people, um, I'll give you an example. You know, if we, uh, my dad, he was a, like I said, he's a pastor and we had roles that, I mean, we had things that needed to get done. So sometimes I just took the responsibility. Uh, obviously I love my dad. So I was like, man, you know, okay, he needs help. I'm going to do this. And so when people who believe in you and they love that, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're a preacher or if you're a pastor or if you're, a, you know, a leader at a company and you're bringing value to their life, they're going to, Hey, I need to do this. Okay, you know what? This to be done. I'm going to do it. There, there's a sense of ownership. And I think if you allow people to take ownership of what it is that you're doing, uh, I believe that creates a sense of uh, community and fellowship. And so I believe that so importantly is uh, allow those you lead to take ownership of what it is that you do as well. And I think another aspect is as a leader, um, you know, I believe, I believe leaders need to be friends, you know, and, you know, befriending people that you're leading, you know, um, not just, I know I used to do this before. I used to um, compartmentalize my life. So when I left, you know, my job, when I left my office, when I left the campus, um, that was there and I'm going home. And now my home life is different than this. And I realized that, you know, I can't compartmentalize. I've got to kind of be who I am always and be accessible to who it is. I get to my family always, to those who I lead as much as I can, you know, and, and be accessible. And I believe that when you can be accessible and at least uh, give the feeling that, you know, the aspect of um, being available to people at their time of need, man, that's, that's such a huge service. People love that. You know, someone needs prayer, someone needs something and they just, I just, Maybe that person, maybe, maybe David could help me with this and they reach out to you and you, you know, you're there to pray for them or to help them. It may even just take five minutes, but that means the world to them. Um, they, they feel the sense of community. And again, uh, what you model is what's modeled by others. And that's a deep, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of leaders don't get that, that we've got to be there for our people. And, you know, that's yeah. how we build the community. Absolutely. Can you recommend one or two books to help a leader grow? Okay. Um, I will say, you know, as a minister, the, the obligatory, but I believe it's so passionate in my heart is the Bible. I mean, it's so chock full of wisdom. It's God's word and it's alive. And I believe if you take time to not just read to learn from it, but to, to learn about God, you'll learn so much about leadership because he's a great leader, obviously. Um, I love Tim Elmore's Habitudes. Uh, I just think it's, man, great, great analogies, great stories that we can wrap our minds around leadership 
qualities and leadership skills that are important. And I'm going to cheat and give you a third book. Um, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm kind of still in the middle of it, but I love it. Like it's such a great book. It's challenging me is, uh, Seth Godin Lynchpin. And I, I think it's a great book. So, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, it may not be exactly about leadership, but if you read it, you can glean from it. So it's so rich and it has such great concepts that I think every leader can grab a hold of. Great recommendations. I've, I've read Lynchman before. Awesome. Um, you know, it's not. The what was your thought on it? I thought it was great because you know we have to become almost in. I hate to say it this way, but you know, as leaders, we become indispensable, even yeah. though we have to make ourselves replaceable as well at some point. <laughs> so true. So, so you know, there's a dichotomy there in Lynchman. Yeah. But you know, great book. Love Seth. Um, I love Seth's work. Yeah, you know, it's always encouraging. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's to me, it's so challenging, you know, I think because I've been under a certain mindset for so many years and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, so um, I love it too. I, I love his work. So do you have anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. Um, you know, there was a time and I'm sure I've heard someone say this, maybe Seth Godin or maybe my pastor or something, you know, there was a time that I felt like um, man, even if I felt like I had leadership capabilities or I had passions in my heart that I had to wait for someone to say, Hey, you, you know what? You're called to do this. And you know what? You should run with this. I needed someone to validate me, you know, and, um, I realize now, you know, uh, you know, having, having had people that say, have said that in my life, having, uh, you know, been, been listening to Charisma magazine and all these different things and say, Hey, this guy's doing this. Um, nothing's changed. I still have to run. I still have to get up. I still have to work and, and, and run and do what I'm passionate about. And so I realized, you know what? I could have probably waited. I, I could have maybe have wasted some time, but I didn't need to have wasted that time. I could have just run with what I was passionate about. And so if you are a new leader, um, just recognize that you, number one, you're living one of the greatest times in history. I cannot stress that enough. It is an amazing time. And so um, don't wait for someone to be like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you do this. I mean, it helps to be encouraged. It helps to have people get behind you. But if you're passionate about something, do it. Run with it. Um, don't wait for something to start it. Or, hey, let me wait to see what it looks like. If something in your heart, you have a vision in your heart, you see what something looks like, run with it. The world is waiting for it. Um, you're not just an up-and-coming leader. You are a here-and-now leader as well. And so, uh, you know, again, you're living one of the greatest times in history. I would say don't settle to be average to just you know be another church leader and i mean those are important things those are great things but strive to be remarkable you know um lead from the heart don't just i'm a fan of walmart because i shop through walmart but don't just be like another um cookie cutter if i can say something you have a uniqueness your fingerprint carries something that no one else no one else carries and so lead Work on the world. Don't be afraid to be innovative. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, because, you know, when you step out of the boat, you know, Jesus called Peter out of the boat. And what's amazing is Peter walked on water. And did he start to stumble? Yes, he did. But then Jesus held him up. And I'll say this. I just, this is how my imagination works. I dare to think that, you know, there may be conversations with Peter and the other disciples. And Peter must have been like, hey, guys, do you remember that time we all walked on water? And they're like, Pete, come on, man. That was just you. He's like, you know, yeah, you're right. That was just me. And I mean, what an awesome feeling that must have been. Like, there's only two people who walked on water, Jesus and me. You know, and, wow, no one else could say that. And, you know, there's probably things in your heart that no one else will be able to say um, but you. So, dude, run with it. You know, uh, leave your fingerprint on the world. I think that's some of the best advice I've heard for young leaders.
Thank you. (laughs) I think that's going to inspire somebody today. I hope so. Well, David, it's been great chatting with you. Where can listeners find you online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter, the David Abraham, and I have a website. It's reviveyourworld.org. And I will say this. We are right now in the revamp of our website. So, um, I would right now it's up there. Um, but in about two weeks or so, it's going to be completely different and we're going to have, uh, regular blogs. And I'd love for people to check that out and, uh, definitely, you know, uh, stay engaged. It'll be awesome. All right. I'll make sure that I have those links linked up in the show notes. Awesome. Once again, David, thank you so much for being on the show. Joe, it was an honor. I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to episode 23 of the Answers from Leadership podcast. David delivered on how to inspire passion in those we lead, share our faith in the workplace, and so much more. If you'd like the show notes for today's episode, you can go to jmlalonde.com slash 023. There you'll find the questions that were asked, snippets of David's answers, and links to rate and review the show. Also, if you haven't heard yet, we just launched a Thunderclap campaign for the Answers from Leadership podcast. Thunderclap allows a single message to be mass-shared, flash-mob style, to get the tweet or Facebook share noticed. You'll find a link to this campaign as well in the show notes. Could you go there and commit to the campaign? All it takes is a click to share this show with others. Until next time, continue to lead well.